The Glenn Beck Program. So we need to talk about the trial of uh, of Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin is the police officer that is now accused of second degree murder. Uh, I thought maybe there's something in there that you should uh, be aware of and how this thing is. This is made to be an explosion. And I'll explain that in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So how much money do you have in your savings account that's just put over to the side, you know, just for, you know, car repairs? Because I know everybody does that. You know, you get like a tax refund and you're like, oh, I got to put a couple thousand dollars over here just because that car repair is going to happen. Nobody does that. There's never a good Bill Gates driving down the street and his car goes south Uh, There's no way that even he thinks, oh, well, doesn't bother me at all. I've got so much money I could. There's never a good time for a car to go down, especially when it's not under warranty anymore. That's why you need protection from CarShield. It can't be beat. They have customizable plans that will fit into your budget because you get to help design it you'll have the peace of mind that comes with knowing you're covered when that stupid check engine light comes on uh, that's the one chip i wouldn't mind seeing go away anyway you cover your car with car shield uh because i have it because i intend to drive my cars until the doors fall off but that's a different problem car shield is there to help you know if your door falls off car repairs are not cheap especially when everything is run on now hard to get computer chips they were expensive before but don't get caught unprepared when your car has to go into the shop it's car shield car shield.com don't be on the hook for thousands of dollars get car shield coverage now car shield.com use the promo code back and you'll save 10 percent carshield.com promo code back deductible may apply all right so Derek Chauvin the trial has now started and both the prosecution and the defense have given their opening statements the prosecution is honing in on the amount of time that George Floyd was being restrained The defense is focusing on George Floyd's continuous struggle with drug addiction and health problems, including a heart condition. But let's state the the ridiculous obvious right up at the beginning. This case is way more than whether a cop committed murder. This is the latest attempt to further the lie that racism is rampant in our country, and they're using the death of a civilian and taking advantage of the emotions of a family and of the country to ignore some facts and some evidence. I don't want to set this guy free nor convict him in the media. I haven't seen all of the evidence. Neither have you. But the defense started uh, uh, with the fact that there are 50,000 pieces of evidence in total for this case. But this case is being painted as something that it isn't. This case is about two people, Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. That's what this is about. And the prosecution has stated in the opening statements, quote, this case is about Derek Chauvin 
and not the police or the Minneapolis Police Department. That's great. I wish it was about that. But with the establishment media, they have already taken this case, as they do with every case, and giving it the meaning they always do. Another sign of racism in America. And George Floyd family has already bought into that narrative, claiming, quote, Derek Chauvin trial is a referendum on how far America has come. Do you understand the danger of that statement? Because if you do not convict Derek Chauvin for, for Chauvin for some reason or another, it will show that America is racist. Our judicial system is not set up that way. Our judicial system in, uh, it demands that this is all about the individual and not about uh, some other bigger uh, picture. This is all about the individual. If it becomes about the bigger picture, we're in trouble. You won't get real justice. You'll get somebody with an axe to grind, and they'll blame that and say, you know what, by punishing this guy, it helps this problem over here. That is not justice. The New York Times released an article, Sharpton and Crump warn that the world is watching as witnesses begin to testify. Here's a line from the article. Quote, America is on trial to see if we have gotten to the place where we can hold police accountable if they break the law. Well, I hope that we have gotten to that place. I think we have been at that place for a while, but that's not what they're asking. They have already decided that he is guilty. Now, how are you expected to get a fair trial if everyone just assumes you're guilty? How can anyone with articles like this, turning the temperature up for everybody in America who already believes the lies that this country is irreparably damaged by racism. How do you get a fair trial? All this is doing is getting people worked up to a point to where if the trial doesn't go their way, things will get violent. It will be much, much worse than Rodney King. It will be much, much worse than O.J. Simpson. This is extraordinarily dangerous. We cannot have a country where our criminal justice system is so polarized and politicized that you can't get a fair trial without fears of more crime and more harm being done. Now, the first witness that was called yesterday was the 911 operator who handled the 911 call on George Floyd. She stated in her initial testimony that the footage she saw of George Floyd's arrest was unusual and disturbing. But my question is, which footage is she talking about? If you're watching The Blaze, you will see this footage. Was it this footage that she was talking about? Watch. I didn't know, man. Here he is in the car. Resisting arrest. Stop 
Now they're putting him in the back of the police car. He won't bend to get into the car. He says, I've got, I, I don't want COVID. And I'm going to die. Now, was it that? Because I never saw that footage. Do you know why? Because the Attorney General, Keith Ellison, deemed that footage too shocking for the public to view. That's more shocking than the police officer kneeling on his back? Really? Because I don't find that part shocking. Why would this footage be hidden by Keith Ellison? You see, this is far more than a simple racist murder from a racist cop. They have charged Derek Chauvin with second-degree murder. Now, a person can be charged with second-degree murder if a person causes the death of a human being without intent of killing them. But you're committing or attempting to commit a felony offense. All right? So you can be charged with a second-degree murder if the death was caused without the intent, quote, uh, uh, of murder... But while intentionally inflicting or attempting to inflict bodily harm upon the victim. So if you are restrained and uh, you are trying to, quote, protect the victim and you are intentionally harming him, then you can be charged in Minnesota with second degree murder. Now, I just showed the footage that Ellison didn't want anybody to see where he is pulled out of the car. He's resisting arrest. And then they're trying to put him in the back of the squad car for his own protection. And he won't go. He will not bend. And they're like, come on, get into the car. And he won't bend. And he's like, I am getting in the car. You won't let me. But he's not getting into the car. Was he trying to hurt him? There wasn't a, a shortage of cameras filming this whole thing. Are we supposed to believe that hurting George Floyd in front of all of the witnesses and the cameras was the real intent rather than restraining him? Not in a million years would you be able to prove that one way or the other. So what's actually going on here? Is this about justice or is this about making a bigger statement? Now I want to talk to you about the jurors. How is the jury going to be able to handle all this? They see the news. They know what's on the line if they decide that, you know, uh, he's not guilty. They know that violent political groups, what they're wanting them to do, they're from that city. They know they're in trouble if they don't go along with the mob outside. And some of them agree with the mob outside. Now, they should be going in with no facts, no opinions, no headlines. But the media has made this impossible, as did the riots, for a good reason. The media has done a lot of this because the jurors have those headlines floating around in their heads. 
So this has made jury selection very, very interesting. And I want to play something from the New York Times. This is the New York Times on the selecting of the, the uh, jurors. And they, they, there's actual audio of the interviews of each juror. This is Michael Babara uh, speaking uh, with the New York Times criminal justice reporter about the list of questions sent to potential jurors to determine what lens they see the case through. Now, listen carefully to not only the questions and the answers, but how it's being framed by the New York Times. I want to just start with what this jury selection process looked like and felt like. I know you watched it very closely. My sense is that it was always seen as something that was going to be very difficult just to pull off because of how many people have seen this video that's at the center of this case and how many people have developed a pretty strong opinion about what happened. That's right. The judge set aside three full weeks, almost as much time as he set aside for the trial itself, just to pick the jury. And last fall, they sent out a 14-page questionnaire, which was returned by more than 300 jurors who filled this out. And Mm. Sort of a first take at mm. screening jurors for, you know, some of the mundane things like, could you even do this? Do you have young children? Would your job allow you to do it? But more importantly, questions like, what are your attitudes about the criminal justice system? How do you feel about Black Lives Matter? How do you feel about mm. the police? Do you think the police are racist? I mean, just pages and pages of questions and They're trying to get at this really central idea, which is, what is your lens? We're all going to look at the same set of facts here. We're all going to look at the same video. But what lens are you seeing it through? Hmm. Mm. And what did you make of that? What do you think the lawyers are trying to really get at there? Well, the lawyers are using these questions to try to figure out who they want to kick off the jury and who they think will be on their side and they want to keep on. So this is not about these two people or really just the police officer, because the jury is asked just to judge the police officer and what he did. No, no, no. We have to make it about more than that. In a second, I'm going to take a quick one minute break and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to play some of the questions and the important commentary around it from the New York Times. We'll do that in 60 seconds. Oh, man, I wish, uh, you know, I wish people were right when they said, I can't wait for 2021 because 2020 has been a nightmare. And I kept saying, it's going to be worse. Don't even approach me if you have the idea. I can't wait until 2022. If you are moving, your life has been disrupted in more than one way. And you have to have the right real estate agent that uh, can make it a little more fun than a root canal. (laughs) That's the way I think. uh, That's the way I uh, view moves is it's root canal, especially if you don't have the right real estate agent on either end. The one helping you find the new house, especially if you're going to a new city. Uh, and the person selling your house. You gotta have them working together, and, and that's two people that you have to get to know, and they have to get to know you. That is difficult. If you, if you have an agent that is arrogant, 
uh, puts you into a little box and is not listening. Uh, very rarely have I had a real estate agent that really, truly listens to what my wife and I are saying when we're talking about buying or selling our house. We have done all of the work for you and tried to root through all of the real estate agents in your area and find the ones that have the best track record, have the best customer service uh, record. Um, they know how to sell your house. They know how to price your house and to get the house that you want at the right price. They are uh, not part-time people. These are the people who have done it for a very long time and have the experience that you need. And that's why we call this company that has gone through them and can recommend them to you for free. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. It's a free service to you. I urge you to do your own interviewing, but you should start or maybe end with realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So what did the prosecution and the defense do? They sent out uh, for these potential jurors over 300 uh, forms and, and had all kinds of question pages and pages of questions about the people so they could figure out who they wanted on the jury and who they didn't. Now, I want you to listen. Here's how they here's how the uh, prosecution was interviewing people and deciding who they were going to have on and who they were going to uh, dismiss. Listen carefully. This is from the Daily Podcast from the New York Times. Listen. You see these things as like a cue. It's like you the prosecution and the defense are putting little check marks yeah, I was, I was in their columns. The yes, no, good, bad, pro-defense, anti-defense. Come on up, have a seat. And... There was one woman they asked. Um, you know, there were some people and perhaps very vocal folks who would say that the restrictions that the government placed on people for social gatherings and whatnot uh, went a little too far. How do you feel do you about the COVID restrictions? It's been pretty tough, right? Um, bars, restaurants, gyms. What's your opinion of the were- restrictions there? erring on the side of conservatism and just trying to keep it as, you know, as safe as possible. I think also that may have, as it turned out, gone overboard, but then you hear- And she said the COVID restrictions have been a little too tight. So that again is like proxy for kind of conservative attitude that the prosecution wants to avoid. So Mm. they moved to get her off the jury. That's kind of fascinating, Shiloh. So this juror's objections to government restrictions on people's movements during the pandemic was seen by the prosecutors as potentially something that could inform her bias against George Floyd or towards the police? Yeah, I mean, it's a little reductive, but they have all of these indicators and they fit together like pieces of a puzzle And they just don't want too many conservative puzzle pieces, nor do they want someone whose conservative views are really strongly held, Mm -hmm. so strongly held that they can't set them aside. Okay, 
So they're so strongly held that they can't set them aside. I don't know if you heard the woman. Uh, she was dismissed, but she said she thought at first uh, the government was, you know, uh, maybe doing and, uh, you know, uh, standing on the side of error for safety. You know, it's better to do a little more than it is to do less. And she thought that was fine. And then maybe perhaps it got a little out of control. Uh, but then again, she said, but then again, you hear reports. So she was not steadfast in this. She was questioning. She was open and didn't know it was this way. But maybe, maybe it turned out to be uh, wrong. But then again, you hear reports that say it was right. So I don't know. That's what she was saying. She had to be dismissed. And the New York Times didn't really seem to have a problem with it. Now, let me play the audio for you when we come back of the other side and the questions that the other side was asked. Somebody who uh, seems to believe that the police are racist and what the reporters, how they framed this unbelievable justice in America. More next. This is the Glenn Beck program. You know, if you've listened to me for a long time, you might be really sick and tired of hearing me uh, talk about gold, which I say good. It means I've done my job and I have warned you about what is coming and you at least have heard the message. What you do with it, you know, is is up to you and you should call and get information from Goldline. But don't let me talk you into it or anybody else talk you into it. Don't also let anybody talk you out of it. You have to use your own brain and do your own homework uh, and talk to the people that are selling gold and ask them why I buy gold and the way I buy gold. Um, it's a logical reason. You may end up disagreeing with it, but it's logical and it works for my family. You need to find out what's happening in your family and what's right for you because dollars are going to lose value and it's coming rapidly and it's going to happen when it begins it's going to happen a lot faster than you can even fathom at this point so please call goldline now 866 goldline 866 goldline or goldline.com all right 20 percent off your blaze tv subscription there's a deal going on right now use the promo code control at blaze tv.com slash glenn We are talking about the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, Derek Chauvin is uh, accused of second-degree murder uh, of George Floyd. We all know the story. Uh, or do we? The defense said that there's 50,000 facts that are a part of this uh, trial. I don't know. I, I don't have any idea. I know what I've seen but I am perfectly willing to condemn him if he is indeed guilty and the facts show that. I am also willing to say this was a really tragic mistake, but no law was broken if that's what the facts show. This has to be about the individual and nothing else. It cannot be about uh, racism uh, overall in America or overall in the police department or even the police department in Minnesota. 
But I want you to listen again. I'm going to first play what I just played a few minutes ago, the uh, audio of one of the jurors being interviewed. And I want you to listen to what the New York Times is saying. This woman was asked about covid. It's a covert way of finding out if you're a conservative or not. She was dismissed. Now, listen to this line of questioning. Each of these things is like a cue. It's like you the prosecution and the defense are putting little check marks yeah, I was, I was in their columns. Yes, no, good, bad, pro-defense, anti-defense. Come on up, have a seat. And there was one woman they asked. Um, you know, there were some people and perhaps very vocal folks who would say that the restrictions that the government placed on people for social gatherings and whatnot uh, went a little too far. How do you feel do you about the COVID restrictions? It's been pretty tough, right? Um, bars, restaurants, gyms. What's your opinion of the there restrictions there? Erring on the side of conservatism and just trying to keep it as, you know, as safe as possible. I think also that may have, as it turned out, gone overboard, but then you hear and she said the COVID restrictions have been a little too tight. So that, again, is like proxy for kind of conservative attitude that the prosecution wants to avoid. So they moved to get her off the jury. That's kind of fascinating, Shiloh. So this juror's objections to government restrictions on people's movements during the pandemic was seen by the prosecutors as potentially something that could inform her bias against George Floyd or towards the police? Yeah, I mean, it's a little reductive, but they have okay, all stop. of these. It's a little reductive. Uh, yeah, I think that's the understatement of the week. Now let me play the third cut. This is a juror that was cut by the, uh, by the defense. Listen to how what he's asked, what he says, and then how the New York Times frames it. Listen. There was this one guy that, who lived in Minneapolis, that and he your, uh, said that he knew that the criminal justice system was biased against he black knew. people. He is a black man. You see a lot of... Uh, Black people get killed and no one's held accountable for it. And you wonder why or what was the decisions. And so with this, maybe I'll be in the room to know why. And okay. apparently this so, guy's opinions were so strong that the defense exercised its right to remove him from the jury. So do Listen we think this. that this man's statements, which for many, many people will seem like statements of fact, that there's discrimination and racism in law enforcement, led to him being taken off the jury? Right. I mean, we don't know exactly, but we can surmise that sort of the sum total of all of his opinions led to him being taken off the jury. The only problem is that a lot of what he said is demonstrably true. We know from study after study that the criminal justice system is biased against black people. And we know that the Minneapolis police do use force against black suspects more than white suspects. So it sort of like became a little bit of a controversy is like, what if you believe the truth? Can that get you kicked off a jury? 
Mm-hmm. 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 What if you know the truth? Now, remember, the first woman said, I think the COVID thing, I think the COVID thing started out good, and then I think they may have gone a bit too far, but I don't know. That's what she was saying. She thinks, and she doesn't know. This guy starts with, I know that there is systematic racism. I know as a black man, you see the number of blacks that are killed and no one is held accountable. I'm wondering if there was a good follow-up question, like what is that number of blacks that you know are killed by police every year? And there is there is no justice. No one is held accountable. I'm wondering if he knows that that number is nine. Nine. And we should point out that and that's the number of unarmed blacks killed by police. Uh, I think it was last last year. Uh, yeah. But we should point out that that does not mean that those killings were unjustified. For example, one of the Correct. nine was a guy who previously had a shootout with police. Previously mm-hmm. had had a shootout and then was saying he was going to shoot them again. But then once once they killed him, they realized he actually didn't have a gun this time. And that was that's one of the unarmed black people killed in the United mm-hmm. States. That's not to say that there are none that are unjustified. Some of them are unjustified. Uh, just and like, by the way, the are same- never held accountable. Nobody is held accountable for those nine. Not a single person was held accountable for any of the nine. Of course, it's not true at all. At all. And also, <laughs> oh, there were also really? uh, white people in the same circumstances that you don't know their yes. names. Uh, in fact, we, we obviously do know that there are more white people killed by police than there are black people killed by police. So, you know, again, it's it's. It's interesting because a lot of this has to do with there are studies that show uh, that indicate that there is in certain departments in particular that there is more force used against African-Americans, though. There's other studies that show the opposite. Uh, You know, one of the one of the real studies back in the 90s, and, and they looked through this data a bunch of different ways, and they said that. Well, yeah, there are there are more incidents with African-Americans when it comes to violence and police officers per capita. However, when you look at the amount of incidents with police uh the actual number uh do not hold up and you could still say all right well you know maybe it's because there are more incidents uh with african americans because police are racist therefore there are more incidents and that's what's covering you what's interesting is when they dig into this data what they find is that's consistent even in crimes where black people are the witnesses reporting other black people so it winds up not holding up at all because these are crimes. These aren't racist cops who are look going out, finding an African-American walking down the street and accusing them of crime. This is one African-American calling the police and saying, hey, this other African-American is committing a crime. And that's what starts the incident. So the police are listening to the race trader. <laughs> I guess so. I guess they, uh, I they're mean, taking that, that claim I mean, seriously. I cannot believe how the well, I can. But how are you going to get a fair trial in America? If your press says, yeah, well, you didn't want too many conservatives on the jury pool. And then this person who says they know things, uh, when they're dismissed, you can be dismissed for 
for speaking the truth. Right. The equivalent here would be like, I know there's racism in the police department. And then another person saying, I know there isn't any race, race, uh, racism in the police Correct. department. Someone that says Correct. they don't know or says we have to take these things on an individual basis. Oh, wait, 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 what? Yeah, I know. The, the people say what? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I mean, look, I can Take understand them on an individual base. We don't do that. <laughs> I can understand kicking somebody off the jury. Look, they're they're searching for signals, right? And they see yes. they see some level of COVID skepticism. This person might be conservative. Maybe they like the police more than I want them to. I can understand I, that approach. You know, I I I, 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 I have no problem. I mm-hmm. have no problem with the questions that they asked, or you know, from what I heard, who they dismissed. I have no problem with that. My my reason for playing this is the way the media is spinning this, because the media is making it a case not about the individual, but about all police and where we are as a nation. And if this jury, by some strange chance, doesn't find Chauvin uh, guilty, there is going to be uh, more violence on the streets and the media's name will be all over it. <laughs> Certainly will. Well, and, and there's a, an impl- implied, what I believe to be racist uh, set of narratives that go on with the media and the left all the time, which is essentially like, look, black people have had a tough go of it here in this country. And certainly, uh, particularly long ago, that's very true. And uh, that you have to understand that they should not be held. What do you expect? They should not be held accountable for the chaos that that ensues if you don't convict X person or this crime happens. They shouldn't be uh, they shouldn't be required to essentially follow these laws. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care. Even if they get this wrong, this guy is a murderer and they let him off. That does not mean Wendy's gets to burn down in your town. It's not an acceptable response from anybody. And to think that lowly of African-Americans that they just can't control themselves to not burn down fast food establishments is is having such an unhealthy view of African-Americans as a whole. We should all expect people to follow the law, including officers, including bystanders, including people who have been wronged by the law. You're white and you're on this jury and you have a family. Do you have full confidence that you will not be doxxed, that your face and your name will not be out in the public if you voted and you were on that jury and you voted one way or another, but he didn't convict, they didn't convict Mm. and you're white. Maybe you voted to convict, but you're white. Do you believe and have confidence that your name's not going to be out in the open and there's and that you're safe? I certainly would. I, I think there's elements of the media that would release it with glee. Glee. Mm-hmm. Glee. Here's the thing. The population is already fired up. The population is demanding action. Weak prosecutors have filed charges based on emotion and fear of repercussions or In the case of Keith Ellison, I believe corruption and agenda. The charges are exaggerated, but never harsh enough. The cases are overreported by the media who twist the facts to fit their own narrative. People have made up their mind before a trial date was even set. And now we're to believe that you can find 12 non-biased jurors that have the strength and the courage 
to make a non-biased decision one way or another. I don't think anybody has a fair shot at a trial anymore in America. Minds are decided before going in. A decided mind is nearly impossible to change. Nobody cares about innocence or guilty of the individual because we are a society all about the collective. We don't care about facts or lies anymore. We care about convictions, preconceived narratives, and progress. If we don't end this cycle, your children will suffer no matter what color they are. Sam lives in Washington. A while back, he was in pretty bad situation. Members of the jury, uh, in pretty bad situation. Uh, he was hearing voices. Has that happened to you? Because if you start hearing voices come out of the blue, <laughs> you need anyway. Uh, he started the the thing started out pretty mild with his back, but within a few months, Sam was having difficult even standing up from a sitting position, let alone all the other normal things he has to do throughout his day. He was getting frustrated, but fortunately, the answer came fairly quickly for him. He heard me talking about relief factor on the program. He decided, I'm going to give it a try. After all, if it didn't work, he was only out 20 bucks. Well, it did work for him. The pain in his back, he said, that had begun slowly uh, and then finally was unbearable began to slowly melt away it reversed the process it wasn't long before he felt back to himself again he got his life back and so can you with relief factor 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more month after month why would you do that unless it works try the three-week quick start now for only 1995 that's 1995 at relieffactor.com or you can call 800-500-8384 800-500-8384 it's relieffactor.com the glenn back program this is the Glenn Beck program. I want to leave you on on this one note. If we make everything about emotion, if we make it about the past, if we make it about anything other than the individual, all of us lose and bad things happen. Let me give you a uh, let me give you a piece of audio a clip from the O.J. Simpson documentary. Listen to one of the jurors and what they said. Do you think that they're members of the jury that voted to acquit O.J. because of Rodney King? Yes. You do? Yes. How many of you think felt that way? Oh, probably 90% of us. 90%? Did you feel that way? Yes. That was payback? Uh-huh. You think that's right? Do you think that's right? And she throws her hands up like, I don't know. No, that's clearly not right. You, you should have been on the Rodney King jury or you work to change the system, but you don't judge someone's guilt or innocence based on things that have nothing to do with that individual. Where is the cry for actual justice here? Tomorrow night, you don't want to miss another episode of our Wednesday night special. Tomorrow, 
is one that will cause us personal, great personal pain. I don't want you to miss it. It's very important information. Join us, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code control. It's the Glenn Beck Program.